0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. Do you get the quality sleep you need? Mattress Firm will find you the right bed for your best rest with their wide selection of quality mattresses at every price. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. Sleep at night.
1: I'm Gene Demby.
0: I'm Shireen Marisol Meraji, and this is Code Switch from
1: NPR. So, you know, if you listen to Coast Switch, you know we talk a lot about how people think about and process and understand their own racial and cultural identities.
0: I live the Hawaiian life, but I don't talk too much Hawaiian.
2: I feel like I don't belong anywhere. Am I sellout to my race? I spent the first 12 years of my life thinking that I was a little white girl.
0: I've said this multiple times on the show, I'm still trying to figure out how to fully embrace and express all of who I am, my own multi-ethnic background, Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, this is something I've been doing forever, since I was a kid. Speaking of kids, Serene. Yes? It's got to be
1: a real, a real strange time, like a very weird time to be a kid right now, because so much of childhood is routines and getting used to routines, you know what I mean? You go to school, you get your little... Graham cracker with the perforations on it. You break it along the quadrants. (laughs) You hang out with your friends. You have nap time and recess time at a certain time. A lot of that obviously has been upended because, you know, of the world.
0: Yeah. Like all of us, kids are processing the most right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about my godson who lives across the street. He's four. And his mom was just telling me the other day that he asked her, why bad police shoot people who look like him? Mm. Repeat, he is four years old, and this is what he's talking about.
1: Wow. Yeah, my niece, Ryan, is six. Um, she should be starting the first grade. And, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen her in seven months because everything's going on. I miss her so much. But it just must be a weird time. Like, this is when, you know, you get your little pencil case, right? You're excited to go back to school. They do kids your lunch Yeah, exactly. But now she's going to the living room and pulling up a laptop, you know?
0: Yes, and thinking about social distancing and all of the other hell that is going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. It just, it's not right and it's not fair. And the reason why we're talking about kids so much is because we're going to be featuring the voices of kids on today's episode. But they're slightly older than Wolfie and Ryan.
2: Did you have an accent? Hell yeah! (laughs) I'm not being represented the way that I should be. They're basically saying how we have coronavirus because we're Chinese.
1: I think it's something that can be changed.
0: So earlier this year, the NPR education team held its second annual student podcast challenge where they asked middle and high school students to make their own podcasts. And Gene, Mm -hmm. we need to stay on our game because... (laughs)
1: They're coming for our jobs, Shereen. I know. In this year's student podcast challenge, they got more than 2,000 entries from 46 Mm -hmm. states and from here in D.C. And those kids had a lot to say, which won't be surprising to anyone who's been around kids.
0: So many of these student podcasts, like Code Switch, explored that big question every young person wrestles with. And in my case, not so young person. Who am I?
1: Sequoia Carrillo is a producer with NPR's Ed Team. And she spent a lot of time, like a lot of time, listening to hundreds of these student podcasts. And she is here with us today to talk about a few of those entries. Sequoia, welcome to Cold Switch.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Okay, I really need to know because, like, you got thousands of podcasts. You had to listen to them. How many hours of your life did you actually dedicate to listening to these podcasts?
2: Oh, my gosh. Right after all this went down. I took some time to kind of do some math, figure out how much time I actually spent listening to podcasts. And I came up with a number. It's not a pretty one. It was about 200 hours of my life listening to these podcasts. 200
0: hours. Somebody give this woman a raise. I know your boss, Sequoia. (laughs) (laughs) But beyond that, was there anything that really stood out to you in that 200 hours of listening?
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so, so different hearing kids speak for themselves and to each other rather than being interviewed by an adult. Sometimes there's not even an adult in the room when these kids are recording, and the passion really shines through. I think a great example of that is with our high school grand prize winners. Politicians,
1: they're like the generation before us, so they're really thinking about themselves. Mm. They're not really thinking about us like the new generation.
2: All right. So who's that we're hearing? Those were high school students from Brooklyn, and they're part of an after-school club at the High School for Innovation in Advertising and Media. The club is called Men in Color, and it's mostly boys, although there is one girl in the podcast group. And it was set up a couple years ago just as a safe space for these kids to talk about really anything they want. And as a part of this club, they decided to start a podcast. Yeah. And they've been producing this show.
1: Welcome to the Flossy Podcast. My is Jahim. My name is, is Zed. My name is Jamar.
0: My name is Brianna.
2: Josh. Amari.
1: And today we're talking about climate change.
2: Flossy Podcast coming with the beats.
1: Man, I'm jealous of the opening music right now.
2: <laughs> and one of their club members actually produced that music. Like, they did it all what? themselves. I love that. I know.
1: Get at us, Flossy Podcast. <laughs>
2: yes. The episode they won for, it actually focuses on climate change and its intersection with environmental racism. This is
0: a topic near and dear to my heart. We've reported on it for Code Switch before. I'm I'm excited to hear what they had to say.
1: Today we went to the climate march and um, what stuck out to you guys the most? I know there's going to be a lot of people, but I didn't expect there to be that much people. What's crazy is that out of all those people, I barely saw any black people. I mean, it was some black people. Yeah, it was some But why do you think that the majority of people were black? Honestly speaking, I think it was about availability. Like, most of the kids that was um, at the march, they, they either go to school in the area, but they live in the area. Like, you're not going to see us coming from Canarsie like we did. So for those of y'all who've never been to Brooklyn who don't know where Canarsie is, it's like way out in the cut, it's like right on the water.
2: Yeah, and the location is so important. We're going to talk about it more later. But in this podcast, the students point out that climate change disproportionately affects black people in the United States. And so when they're at this climate march, they decided to ask people about it, about environmental racism.
1: Play the the clip. Play the clip. Run it.
2: It's a major problem. And if we don't fix it, we about to die issue, It's not just a one-person issue. And if we need to keep fighting for like change in the black community, we have to still make sure that the world is still here. So we need to make sure that the world is preserved. So we got to start okay. with the world being uh-huh. here, and uh-huh.
1: then we got to keep on going and going and going. So what is the step yeah. you think we could take to make it better, like a change?
2: Well, starting off with that, like, just talking about it, not just posting, like, on social media, oh, the world is ending this, that, and the third. We actually have to come out to things like this. Like, we're not in the government or anything like that, but, like, we're the kids. Like, we're the children.
1: Like, we could come out here and show them, like, this is what we're about. Like, we're not about nothing else. Like, this is what we want to change.
0: That was so incredible to listen to. First of all, for people who don't understand uh, what it's like to go out and just cold- ask people questions Mm -hmm. in an environment where there are a ton of people. It's just, it's very nerve-wracking, number one. It's hard to get really good sound. And I loved the response, which was, if we want to make change for our community, we have to make sure the world is still here for us to live in. It was something like that. It was an amazing
2: piece of tape there.
1: Um, So, Sequoia, what made these kids at this high school decide to go to this climate march in the first place?
2: Well, honestly, they went, originally for free food and a field trip. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That sounds about right. That's real, that's real. But once they got there and they started talking to people, it started to really sink in that environmental racism was impacting them.
1: So people growing up in like Canarsie, you don't really realize that we live in in these areas. And then you go somewhere else, like
2: Mill Basin or other neighborhoods, and you're like, why is it so much different than, than where I live?
0: So for people who are unfamiliar with Canarsie and Mill Basin in New York, Jean already said Canarsie is way out in the cut in Brooklyn. It's near water. But I don't even know. I don't know anything about Mill Basin. How are these two places different?
2: Well, Canarsie is about 60 percent black, 40 percent Latino versus Mill Basin, which is mostly white. And And rich. And rich. (laughs) And these kids who go to school in Canarsie go to a school next to a landfill, for example. And it was actually seeing the differences in these two environments that inspired this episode of the Flossy podcast.
1: The fact that none of the kids will eat the school lunch and there's lead in the water and they live near a landfill And like you're getting all these messages from the environment about how much you matter, about how much your life is worth. And you know for a fact that other places don't have that same thing.
2: So that's their teacher, who has a great name, Mishkael Situt, who started the club. And my colleague, Alyssa Nadwerney and I actually got to interview him. We also spoke to the two hosts. And what's interesting is that they didn't set out to take on social justice issues like environmental racism. Here's one of the hosts, Jaheim Birch-Gentles.
0: Also a great name.
1: When we, when we started the making of this podcast, I didn't view myself as an activist of any kind. I just viewed myself as a kid from the neighborhood of and I'm speaking And I'm speaking about what I've seen and my experiences.
0: Which is wonderful because their lived experience matters. And... Their lives are being impacted by a lot of things going on in the world right now, including the effects of climate change.
1: Yeah, like we said that Canarsie is on the water. It's right on Jamaica Bay, which means that they are probably going to be one of the neighborhoods that is first affected by, you know, ocean level rise.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Canarsie was hit super hard during Sandy. And the students talk about what that was like for them. And one girl in the group actually shares a story from when she was living in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina. She was only two years old, and it was like my mom, my grandparents,
0: and I think my aunt. And I just I can only remember a little bit, but like I remember seeing like a hole in the roof. The whole house is flooded, and then and one of like her
2: earliest memories driving away, is but, like, driving, driving away from her, her toys, house and seeing her toys floating in the floodwater.
0: So yeah, I was pretty sad.
2: Hmm. Here's host Jamar Thompson.
1: Well, I've always been a person where like. If I don't like what's going on or if I see something that's not right, I'm going to speak up about it. So I feel like the podcast kind of just gave me the opportunity to do that on, like, a bigger scale than I am normally accustomed to. I hope they keep speaking up. I hope they keep making more podcasts.
0: Also, shout out to whoever is making beats for Flossie. We could definitely use some of your bass here Seriously. on Code Switch. <laughs> And we're going to post a link to that story where you can hear more from these Flossy students. So those were the high school grand prize winners from the Flossie podcast. But now we're going to talk about another grand prize winner from the middle school category. It's a podcast that's also right on the news. It deals with COVID and racism against Asian Americans.
2: Hi, welcome to the Dragon Kids podcast. I'm Leo.
0: I'm Becky. Sequoia, tell us about these middle schoolers.
2: Oh, well, these middle schoolers are the cutest you will ever meet. They were in sixth grade (laughs) when they made this podcast. They're all Chinese-American, and they're part of an after-school club called The Dragon Kids. The school's mascot is actually the dragon, and it's run out of Karen Patterson's classroom at PS 126 in New York City's Chinatown.
1: Us uh, two New York City grand prize winners. I mean, hmm. I sense some East Coast bias happening. There, you know what I, mean?
0: <laughs> I know, but I also want to know like the makeup of the judges. Are they all East Coast centric? Because I'm feeling some type of way. I was going to say, you'll have to take this up with our judges. <laughs> I, I am going to have to. To be
1: fair, uh, New York City and Brooklyn, particularly, <laughs> has more. New York City probably has more podcasters per capita than any other place in the, in the world. So, but
2: You know what? That's actually a good point. <laughs> Anyway, the episode these guys won for is called Masked Kids. It Mm -hmm. talks about the early days of the coronavirus. The students actually made this episode in February of 2020. Uh, But even then, they were dealing with the racism around the disease. Because this started in China, people have been saying mean things to Chinese people. Have you guys had anyone say something about it to you? I've seen a lot of the younger kids, like kindergartners and first grade people, wearing masks in school. I've heard about people saying mean things, but no one has said it to me. I heard that a student who is not Chinese said they don't want to sit next to a Chinese kid because he has coronavirus. Ugh, this makes me so sad.
0: It's so
1: messed up. Mm.
2: It is. It's. It sucks. The Dragon Kids went on to interview an older student, Amanda, who was bullied by her classmates because she started coughing when she was eating spicy noodles for lunch. The other students said she must have coronavirus. Amanda uh-huh. wound up reporting the incident to the principal, and when the administration asked her what they should do, here's what she said. I told them that don't just focus it on me, but focus it more towards the Chinese population of the school because I'm sure that they might have received comments about the coronavirus. Amanda's parents immigrated to the U.S. 20 years ago to pursue a better life. However, they're just not brave enough to speak up for themselves. And during that time, I was really nervous. And after I got out of their office, I was crying because I didn't feel like if I was doing it right, or is it right just to like speak up for myself and speak up for the whole entire Chinese student population?
0: Mm. Oh, Amanda. Going through all the feelings. Yep. I'm just here to tell you that you were right to speak up and speak out, and you were so brave to then go on to tell your story on a podcast. Good for you especially considering now this podcast is being broadcast nationwide, so it's getting a much broader audience for your story. Good for you, Amanda. Go, Amanda. Go, Dragon Kids. (laughs) I
2: know, and Amanda's story alone would be a really meaningful podcast, but these kids chose to use their platform to share real facts and also help people understand the coronavirus. By the way, they were doing this before many government officials. (laughs) <laughs> One way to prevent the spread of this virus is to wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Another thing you can do is not touch your face. The Mandarin word for face is lian. And remember to cover your mouth and nose when you cough and sneeze into your elbow. The Mandarin word for sneeze is da pen ti. Da pen ti. There are a lot of rumors on the internet about the coronavirus. You should only believe your doctor or the CDC and WHO. (laughs) The CDC is Centers for Disease Control and WHO is World Health Organization. Those are the only reliable sources of information about the coronavirus.
1: Oh, do you hear the shade in the voice?
0: (laughs) Like we said, Gene, they are coming for our jobs. Just
1: like, just so you know, a whole bunch of people out there lying, (laughs) not naming no names. Um, So aside from providing some very useful and appropriately shady information about the coronavirus, they are also teaching us Mandarin.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, that was one of the things the judges loved about this podcast. I think every single one cited that as one of their favorite parts. The reason the students put this in is because they were all at one time English language learners. So they added in little Mandarin lessons to help other people learn mandarin huh words like mask i love that and sneeze but my favorite part is when they taught us this saying a famous singing mandarin is which means sickness comes in like a landslide but goes out similar to what is happening with the coronavirus all of a sudden everyone knows about the coronavirus and it is spreading quickly but treating preventing and containing it will be very slow and difficult
0: bing lai ru san dao i hope i got that right because that was very cool and what a cool crew of kids ah it brought tears to my eyes i'm sorry i have to collect myself for a second (laughs)
2: Sorry. Every time. It happens every time I listen to that (laughs) podcast. All right. So,
0: to recap for everybody, these kids made this podcast back in February. And thinking back to February, I know I definitely thought, oh, we're going to be here for what? You know, maybe a month, maybe two months. Wow. I was completely wrong. This has been quite a time that we've been struggling through. I did not think this was gonna be happening for as long as it has been. All right, I think we need to take just a quick break here to think about the state of things. I need to gather myself for a second. Um, maybe y'all wanna practice that new Mandarin saying we just learned. And when we come back, we're gonna hear from another set of students who are gonna show us another side of language lessons.
2: So yeah, when I was reading, I had an accent and I felt judged.
1: Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What does it sound like to record an album inside a jail? On the documentary podcast Track Change, you'll hear four men make music inside Richmond City Jail. And hear how they're trying to break free from a cycle of addiction and incarceration. Been so long since I've been free.
2: Listen to Track Change from Narratively and VPM, part of the NPR Network.
1: Instead of scrolling mindlessly, engage mindfully with the NPR app. With a mix of on-demand news, stories from this station, and your favorite podcast, you can relax without shutting off your brain. Download the NPR app today.
2: Some days, reading a bunch of headlines just isn't enough. You need to let the news sink in. On Consider This, NPR's new daily news podcast, we can help you do that. Each day, in about 10 minutes, you can find out not just what happened, but why and what it means. Consider this new episodes every weekday afternoon from NPR.
1: Gene.
0: Shireen. Sequoia. Code Switch. Before the break we heard from high school kids in new york who made their podcast about how climate change disproportionately affects black people here in the united states and we got a mandarin lesson from middle schoolers in new york city who were using their podcast to fight anti-asian racism with facts and not fiction about the coronavirus
2: those students from the dragon kids club that we just heard had all been english language learners by the way, which just means that when they started at PS126, they were still learning English. Our next mm-hmm. podcasters were also English language learners and they delve into the process of bouncing between the languages and all the opinions that come with that.
1: Oh, they bounce up between languages. That's the perfect <laughs> name for this podcast. You ready, Sherry? Sure, you ready?
2: Mm-hmm, I'm ready.
1: They should call it Code Switch.
0: Code, because. How clever. <laughs> yes there's been occasions where um i've been looked down on for like talking spanish
1: yeah i've been made fun of you can also see the judgment in people sometimes when you're
2: speaking spanish older
0: male elderly came up to my family's house and threatened to call immigration on us if we didn't turn down our music because apparently it was loud and
2: annoying and something that didn't belong here. He told my mom to her face, he said, and I quote, take your music and get back to your own country. They're like, oh, like speak English, like this is a Mexico. Or like, they would like call each other offensive thing. Like I would just be there and like, they would just argue on like how this is America and not Mexico and that they should speak English and listen to English music. And like that they don't wanna hear that garbage music. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Jocely, and I'm Alejandra. Jocely and Alejandra are seniors at a school in Cicero, Illinois, and they talked to mm-hmm. some people who got very real about what it's like trying to learn English. Jocely was in a social studies class where her teacher would pick a name randomly from a stack of sticks and ask that student to read out loud. And whenever the sticks came out. I started panicking. My hands started getting really sweaty. And then I just kept looking around the room and I, I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, should I just ask to go to the bathroom? I'm just hoping i <laughs> won't call your name. Yeah, and I kept wanting to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, my God, I hated social studies. I would get so scared. I, I was afraid of, like, people judging me. And, like, I knew I wasn't good at reading. So, like, reading out loud in front of, like, my whole class, I couldn't. And <laughs> it was the worst thing ever.
1: Hey, man. Reading out loud. I've been I've been reading out loud on this podcast for four years now. It's still I still gotta pee sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's still a nerve wracking. <laughs>
0: I have to say that's exactly how I feel when I have to read out loud in Spanish oh, wow. oh or when I try to say things in Persian around other Iranians. I just I become a different person. I become really shy and nervous because I'm so embarrassed about how bad I am at my heritage languages, at the languages I'm supposed to speak because those were my parents' languages. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get those
2: nerves. And they say it wasn't just their own nerves that were tough to deal with. Many of them dealt with tons of bullying and passive aggressive comments as well. Like this one time when they were working on a group project. And this kid out of random, he's like, so how long have you been speaking English? And I was like, "Um, I don't know, since like third, fourth grade, second grade, you know, normal. And he's like, oh, it's just that your accent is so pronounced. So after that, I was self-conscious for like a pretty long time of how I spoke with people. because, Mm.
0: Of course. Can people just not say rude comments like that or ask questions like that? What is
2: that supposed to
0: accomplish. I don't get that. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I know. And they talk about another time and this one makes me so mad. It was when one of the students was playing a soccer game against a very white team from another school district and the white parents on the opposing side were shouting racist insults at the girls. We're
0: like, look at these Hispanics.
2: Look at what they're doing. Or look at these beaners. Oh my God. And we were like, mm-hmm. parents would say that. Well, yeah, That was like, how do you guys have the audacity to say that when you guys are full-grown adults? Oh my God. And you guys should know better, rather
0: than. That's ridiculous. That's an understatement, by the way. That they should know better.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't all soul crushing. One of the people interviewed okay. on this podcast did share something really hopeful. She said that even with learning a whole new language, she graduated from high school with honors. She got her associate's degree. She's doing really cool stuff. Even with my broken, thick accent. So I'm fine with you saying I have an accent. And I think that's eventually everybody's going to realize that it doesn't define who you are. Just part of who you are. You're part par Mexican-American. And you should be proud of both parts, even if it comes in a slight, thick accent. I like my thick accent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we do too. We love it. Honestly, I don't know if you can top that podcast, Sequoia, but you have another one for us. So let's see what you got. What's next?
2: Well, the next podcast is... My favorite, it was one of the first entries I listened to. They actually submitted it like right when the contest opened. They were one of the first entries we got. And it's from seniors at a high school in Stillwell, Oklahoma. It's a really small town of about 4,000 people, and it's right on the border of Oklahoma and Arkansas. But even though it's a small town, it's actually known for a few different things. That was Stillwell High School Cherokee language teacher, Mr. Panther, saying the Trail of Tears ends in our town. That's because beginning in the 1830s, the government forced many of our ancestors to leave their homes and march west to Indian Territory so new settlers could take over our ancestral lands back east to grow cotton and mine gold. So Stillwell is known for being one of the places where people ended up at the end of the Trail of Tears. And by the way, the student body at Stillwell High School is about 90% Native American. And many of the students are enrolled citizens of the Cherokee Nation. We just
0: did an episode that got into the Trail of Tears not that long ago. And all of this history, we we never got taught in school about the treaty that led up to the Trail of Tears called the Treaty of New Echota. Is this podcast also about the Trail of Tears
2: or is that just where it starts? No, it's actually about one of the other things this town is known for.
0: Our strawberries are smaller and sweeter than any others. We have a parade to celebrate it every year in May. But in 2018, the Washington Post wrote an article about Stilwell and gave us a new title. The headline read, The Strawberry Capital of the World is the Early Death Capital of the United States. On the first day of class, our teacher walked in and asked us, Is this really the death capital? That began our journey.
2: Whoa. I know. More than 50 students, which is almost the entire senior class, by the way, spent a whole semester trying to figure out if that claim was true and they documented the journey in their podcast called strawberries in the death capital
1: that sounds like the title of a heavy metal album
2: (laughs) i love the title it's so good (laughs) and one of the things they realized as they were doing their reporting was that a lot of people in stillwell were finding that early death claim super hard to believe
1: and I just wonder if this is accurate.
2: Some of the people that they interviewed, it's not a good representation of our community.
0: The Cherokee Nation Director of Public Health proved the data was incorrect.
2: It didn't make sense to me that I could dra- drive the Bell, or drive a Peavine, or drive down to Cape Springs, and I'm gonna
0: live 20 years longer. Hmm. I really want to listen to this podcast. Were they able to come up with any conclusions? Is Stilwell the early
2: death capital of the United States? I won't spoil the ending because you really should just go listen to this podcast. But the students end the piece by saying that they hope their semester of research will ignite a spark in Stilwell and try to address their issues and just change the town for the better. Lisa. That was Mr. Panther saying, the end of the trail should not be the end of the line. Jean, Shereen, we just listened to a bunch of podcasts about some pretty heavy stuff. I mean... Yes,
0: every single one.
1: But, you know, early Deaf capital United States, environmental racism, bullying, harassment. I mean, that's just Wednesday on Code Switch, you know what I mean?
2: Well, I wanted to leave you guys with something a little more calming because I feel like we could all use something soothing and gentle to play us out. I agree. So this podcast was a favorite amongst the education team. It's called What is the Most Beautiful Sound, made by Alex Soto from Arizona. And it's just a really unique entry.
1: I think the rain falling... Especially here where we live in Tucson, it's always dry and hot outside, and when it rains, it's like a blessing.
2: You know when you have an old car, and it's, like, very well kept up, and you start it, and it's, like, that old car, like...
1: <gasps> my bird's singing.
2: How does that song make you feel?
0: Uh, good, because she has no rhythm, but tries hard. When all my kids get together, play games, and... Have fun together in the house.
1: I asked my mom what her favorite sound was. Uh, laughing baby.
2: What does a laughing baby sound like? I'm not going to laugh like a baby.
0: <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I think that your laugh right there might just be my new favorite <laughs> sound. Also, you are a creative genius. I love this yes. podcast so much. That's a great idea. This is poetry. The sounds giving us life, dare I say it, we might have to steal it for our own podcast.
2: Not kidding. I would listen to this podcast as a palate cleanser after listening to like 100 other podcasts in a row. And I, I could recite this podcast. It It made me realize that my favorite sound is definitely wind chimes. I think it it makes hmm. me think of my parents and sitting on my front porch.
0: Yes, my titi Lauda always had a bunch of wind chimes. Like I said, I'm going to go with Alex Soto's laugh. That's going to be my favorite sound for this episode, at least. Gene, what about you? You got a favorite sound?
1: I'm going to sound real basic when I say this, but uh, the sounds of the ocean waves crashing in the water, like crashing on the shore.
0: It is a great sound. It's so
2: good.
1: (laughs) My wife is from California, uh, and every time we go out to the bay, she always wants to take these random drives up and down the coast, Um, and so... Um, you know it's really rocky coast really sort of violent water you can't really swim in it uh, but it's, it's like this big rumble and you hear it crash against the shore it's amazing it's really dope
0: and it's a really hard sound to record it is like you think it? Mm-hmm. it's this yeah. amazing thing you pull out your phone you're like oh I'm, I really want to record that and it never sounds like it, it sounds does in terrible. real life it just sounds yeah. like yeah like
1: just like just, yeah. just <laughs> exactly it's like oh yeah you're cool you, you, you recorded your shower
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it there that's our show this episode was produced by Kumari Devarajan it was edited by Leah Donella and Steve Drummond
1: we would be remiss if we did not shout out the rest of the Code Switch massive Karen Griffey-Bates Natalie Escobar Jess Kung Alyssa Jong Perry and LA Johnson
0: follow us on Twitter we're at NPR Code Switch I'm at Radio Mirage Jean is at G-E-E-D-E-E 215 Check us out on the gram. We're at. I say IG, I don't say the gram. Check us out on IG. We're at NPR Code Switch.
1: I'm Gene Demby.
0: And I'm Shireen Marisol Miraji. And joining us for this entire episode was the wonderful Sequoia Carrillo. Thank you so much,
2: Sequoia. Thanks for having me.
1: Be easier.
0: Peace.
2: I'm Lisa Hagan. And I'm Chris Axel. We're the hosts of No Compromise, NPR's new podcast exploring one family's mission to reconstruct America using two powerful tools, guns and Facebook. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Join us for the No Compromise podcast from NPR. From the campaigns to the conventions, from now through Election Day and beyond, the NPR Politics Podcast has you covered. As Joe Biden and Donald Trump square off again, we bring you the latest news from the trail and dive deep into each candidate's goals for a second term. Listen to the NPR Politics podcast every weekday. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race don't start and stop with the news cycle. We know that race is always relevant and we have new topics, new voices and new stories for you every single week. Listen to the Code Switch podcast from NPR.
1: The Bullseye podcast is, according to one journalist, the, quote, kind of show people listen to in a more perfect world. So make your world more perfect. Every week, Bullseye puts the pop in culture, interviewing brilliant authors, musicians, actors, and novelists to keep you on your pop culture target. Listen to the Bullseye podcast, only from NPR and Maximum Fun.